when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. In Souls games, I need to be actively social in the present. I rely on the messages left by others throughout the game. I decide how badly I want to pursue one of the unadorned, obtuse side quests and check to see if anybody else knows how to do it. All of this is why I am so often confused by the claim that what people like about Souls games is the difficulty. I can't rely on myself in Bloodborne, or at the very least, it would be incredibly foolish to try and do so. Again and again, I'm relying on the work of others. To be clear, my point isn't just that Dark Souls, or Souls, allows for social activity, it's that the sociality is part of the game. The game doesn't exist on the screen alone, it also exists in our tweets, it exists in the hoops we jump through, it refuses me the idea that I can succeed as an embodied hero. I have to want to succeed not as me, but as an us. That is Reaching Out of the Screen, games that play with immersion, and that is written by my co-host here, Austin Walker. Like years ago. Years and years ago. I was anywhere. But it's very relevant to our topic today. Right. Here on Waypoint Radio, of which this is episode 112, and it is Friday, 11, 10, 17, we have a very special guest. We today. do. We have Adam Conover. Hello. He's glowing. Adam ruins everything. He's Hi. not going to ruin this podcast. No, I, no, I'll be on my best behavior. Better. He did just I'll pull out a fidget spinner, so <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> he I, super did. I yeah. have an actual fidget spinner that I uh, that's good. That that's I, I I kickstarted. Uh, there was like a a, kick, a guy's Kickstarter, and what's nice about it's very small. And uh, so I can carry it in my pocket. It's quiet. It's quiet. That's the thing that I'm like yeah. loving about it. I, you, it's really helpful. Like we're doing some animated uh, records right now for the show, and it's really helpful in the recording booth because I'll have to be in there for three hours, right? And, and I can just, just sort of be there, hundred percent. You know, and it's really helpful. I did this all during Blade Runner, very long movie. Right. I was just like, you know, like up at the screen, <laughs> like just spinning. Just spinning. Yeah, and it, it actually uh, serves its purpose for me. It actually like, like keeps you calm and focused. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I just I just want to point out that there are spinners in that movie already, but you're Double adding spinners. a new spinner. Right. The flying cars <laughs> are spinners. Like my, oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Real, I'm doing good. Deeply nerdy joke. Well, I'm so glad I just did that. I ruined the podcast. Thank you very much. Danielle ruins everything. There it is. Danielle. You know, that's the sequel. That's the, that's the, the Adam ruins everything. Danielle ruins everything. The reason why I started out with this with this read of your piece about sort of fairness and difficulty yeah. in Souls games is because Adam has some thoughts on that. Yeah, I think I like you and I and, were talking. And you're, ta- you're chatting about it. And sort of yeah. what are we going to talk topic. about? Yes. You were like, I have a story. Yeah, I have a story. Should I jump into the let's story? Let's jump the story and then we'll wrap let's back around and maybe be like, who are you? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah let's sure. Let's who are you first. Let's get that out of the okay, way. Okay, okay, okay. People who don't know. Okay, so yeah, Adam my name's Conrad. Adam. I host a show on True TV called Adam Ruins Everything. It's kind of a like an informational sketch comedy show. Yeah. It's like I debunk common misconceptions or tell you the awful truths about things in like the sort of visual, really visual, fast-paced sketch comedy world. It's good. There's like... It's it's really cool because like the fundamentals of it is like here is a six minute sketch or a ten minute sketch or whatever that is like going to tell you information. Yeah. But you keep the viewer's attention with like little visual gags. Yeah. Um. Like the the, the episode that I think I share the most with people is the one on uh like how did the suburbs come to be? Yes. Yeah. And then like imagine in parentheses it says 
become how did the suburbs become to be incredibly racist? Yeah. And like the answer is like redlining and you go into the history of redlining yeah. and you, you explain the history of redlining through this visual metaphor of like a fake monopoly style game yeah. about like who has access to different pieces on, on the board and like yep. blah, blah, blah. And that visual metaphor like really works, especially for an audio for Thank me you. anyway, right? Which is like, of course, I kind of knew a lot of that stuff already. But yeah, but like it keeps my attention, even though like the data there is kind of droll. Like it's yeah. kind of and, dull and, and boring. That's one of the sort of uh, uh, challenges we give ourselves on the show, because we do a lot of topics that are like on the face of them, very exciting to hear about. Like the one that I sort of, you know, made my name with was about how the you know diamond engagement ring right. was a marketing creation yes. of the De Beers cartel, right? Now that's uh, people, uh, you know, I came up with the whole idea for the show because I would tell people that I put it in my stand-up act and people would just be like, what? Like right, their right, minds right. would Is be blown. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was <laughs> right. so fun immediately, right? Yeah. But our cha- one thing we like to challenge ourselves with is is like taking a drier topic or a more difficult topic and making it interesting right. and fun and intuitive, which is one of the things that visuals help you do. It like, helps you give get get a visual understanding. That way the listener happens. or the viewer can later just, not the listener if it's a visual thing, uh, the viewer can say like, oh, hey, like 10 months later they might not remember the exact words that you yeah. said but they'll remember that that player couldn't put a piece on the 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 side of the the green side of the yep. board could only put pieces in the red side of the board where there was no wealth and there wasn't access to good schools and like okay yeah. that visual metaphor carries very quickly yeah and that and that's yeah something we spend yeah. a lot of time do trying you, to get just right do you take joy in ruining things <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> I, I mean I, I I if I hated my job it wouldn't yeah, it wouldn't be, be a good it wouldn't be a career I pursued uh yeah I really uh yeah it's a lot of fun things. Of course, you, uh, the, the the diamond story reminds me. I used to when I was doing my PhD in Canada, my friend Eric taught a course on shouts to Eric Lowen, uh, a course on the wedding industry and like on the bridal industry, yeah. and, like how yep. how the modern notion of weddings were produced and were you know marketed and sold and like how it's this money dump and and also like how the notion of marriage is tied to a historical system of patriarchy, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um. And like of course, like when that go when that listing went into the books for like oh it's courses available, it's just like the wedding course. It's just the course about weddings. Mm-hmm. And so he gets lots of young women who sign up who are yeah. like excited about weddings and who are exactly the sorts of people who like should take a course on the culture of weddings and wedding culture and the wedding right. industry. They're going to be targeted by that industry. They're going to be yeah. targeted Hardest. and like, yes. they're like literally targeted. Yes. Yes. Um, and the response was always like this amazing arc he said of like beginning of the class everyone's super skeptical middle of the class they fucking hate him (laughs) and then and then I think maybe this is maybe what the real appeal of the show is for you is like they bounce back up and are like okay well now I'm I'm an engaged and critical consumer who moves through the world and understands what's happening and I can still make the decisions I want I can still subscribe to Bridal Monthly if that's like my thing but like I know what's happening here well the thesis of the show one of our mottos is it's always better to know Right. right that's something I I believe um, that there's no virtue in ignorance. And, um, uh, you know, what w- the way I think it works is that it's like, yeah, it's temporarily uncomfortable to learn the truth, especially if you had some amount of investment, especially yeah. if, if it's your identity was invested in mm-hmm. the truth at all, which is what, you know, what, what makes, you know, any topic having to do with race or class or yeah. any sort of like really deeply rooted identity thing people really freak out about. Um, but like it's temporarily uncomfortable. But then at the end, it actually is always fun to learn something. Right. Like, and so uh, that's like. One of the things I that makes me happy to do our show is that like people just genuinely like to learn as a human. It's right. a universal human desire. There's like part of your brain yeah. that just functions. I mean, and all we have to do to appeal is, is to appeal to people. You know, like and and they don't. People aren't spoken the that way. Why are things enough. so bad? 
What, at why, teaching people? No, why are things so bad? Like if it is true mm-hmm. that we like to learn, yeah. whether that's because we come from cultures of learning or because we have something built in our brain that's like, ah, the lizard brain loves to actually get more information about things, whatever that is. Why are there so many people who, especially in this moment, push back on information and who don't take that last step of learning? Uh, you know, my feeling is uh, personally that people, you know, because people ask me that a lot, like, oh, no one wants to know facts anymore. People don't believe right, right. facts and they don't trust them and stuff like that. Um, but I kind of think that that's not that's not true in every part of people's lives. You know, when people are that way about things where they, you know, they don't want to mm-hmm. learn or they or they're not open to new ideas or et cetera, it tends to be like siloed in a certain specific set of issues. Gotcha. But those people still like learning in, in general. general. Right? Yeah. Right. So so one of our goals on the show is we for the most part avoid uh, culture war topics or like you know partisan uh, uh, topics that are in this sort of like partisan like trough of mm. like it's almost like a black hole you know once you start circling it if, if you look you say that but also you did do an episode that was like a border or a wall will not prevent immigration sure sure and, or, and that was know, one that right? was interesting to us because we were like well we think the entire you know talking to people who actually know about immigration the entire conversation is 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 misunderstanding certain right, facts you right. know yeah. so we do do those on, on occasion but um you know uh, our main goal is to try to sort of like enliven everybody who's watching sure. with, you know, information and get them more in that habit and get them thinking critically in that way more often, you know. Um, so that's my that's my sort of optimistic take on, you know, the most, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of like angriest, most closed off person, you can usually find some way to speak to them in a way that'll like speak to their better self and like get them thinking and and learning and and interested in asking questions. And so that's one of the things we try to do. Cool. Yeah. I guess the thing for me that like connects us back to Dark Souls here is <laughs> that when I think about the way one Dark Souls for me is like a game about learning things. Yeah, right. Yes. Like that's the, my, yes. the appeal for me of Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Yes. The appeal, actually, slow down. I think for me, maybe the appeal of video games is learning something. Yeah, I totally like agree. Wrapping my head around I, the system. I, I'm in fact the way I play any game. Almost, I realized in terms of competitive games, like say an Overwatch or like an RTS or even like a board game like you know Settlers of Catan or something right. like that, is I really love learning how the game works and. And I like learning what the best strategy is more than I like actually executing it. And so once I know what it is, I don't want to play Settlers of Catan anymore because I feel like I know all of the strategies mm. that one could choose. Yes. Yeah, this is a piece that yeah. I wrote this week was yep. like, why am I done playing ga- so many games this year, even though they're so good or they're good on paper? Yeah. I think that like... You've exhausted what's in them. I've exhausted, even though yeah. I'm only at hour five or something. I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. There's nothing more to I learn. I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. I, I'm moving on. And the Dark Souls games have an almost limitless amount of that stuff. Like there's, you know... Yeah, they're like cut into like, okay, I've learned how this moveset works for this weapon. I'm going to get a new weapon and learn the moveset there. And then I'm going to go to a new area and that's yep. going to have some little mini mechanic. Um, I mean, like, this is even some of why you love platformers, right? Yeah. Is that, like, uh, the Mario games, like, often will be like, okay, here's the mechanic for this set of levels, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll That's introduce new things. You. and continue. Right. Obviously, they're so good at level design and mm-hmm. mechanics design and the way it interacts. And yeah. That's, and that's the other part of the, the puzzle that not every game actually gets to. Like, they might actually have some great systems design. They might actually have some great mechanics. But it might not actually be you know, presented in the right way in mm-hmm. terms of, like, brilliant level design that actually really encourages you to engage with every part of the mechanics, et cetera, right. et cetera. I know I'm going off into my mechanics no, level no, design No, no, this is what we're here for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like, so this is, this is why I wrote that <laughs> yeah. thing years yeah. ago about Dark Souls was, like, at the time, the discourse 
largely because of a marketing push. Largely because mm-hmm. it was like the Prepare to Die edition came out on yeah. PC. Oh, yeah. But also just because the fandom was like, this is the hardest game ever. This is the hardest thing ever. It's you versus the world. And like yeah. that even continues to today. There was that great thread earlier this year um, by a game developer uh, who uh, asked other game developers to share the ways that, that they kind of tricked the player. Yeah, by, I saw that thread. By, that was awesome. It was awesome. Like things like um, your last little bit of health is actually bigger than you think it is. Mm-hmm. Or like the final bullet in the clip in, your, in, a, in a shooter does more damage. That way it always feels like you're closing off on something more powerful. Or the first shots in Bioshock miss you. And there was a commenter somewhere on the internet who was like, if Dark Souls, if I learn Dark Souls is any of this bullshit, I'm done. And I was like, <laughs> chill. Like, Dark Souls, of course Dark Souls does yeah. that bullshit. There's a symbol you can touch that like lets you summon up somebody else. Or yeah. there's an entire community of people sharing information about how to beat bosses, about how to solve obscure quests. And right. so we have this like we had this like quick and dirty understanding of what was fair and hard about mm-hmm. Dark Souls. And we d- never engaged with the conversation about how actually it's a game that makes itself easier by connecting you to other players through messages, through yes. through its design, re- requiring you to talk about I mean, what poises or whatever. Yeah. So I, I'm glad, th- A, thank you for letting me talk about Dark Souls because well, I only started playing it uh, like this year. I played it, like when it came out, I like got a free copy, I was wearing a college humor and I brought it home and I, I like, I think the, the the second time the asylum demon attacks you, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> no, no, Bye. no. Done. And then after four years Show. of hearing about it, I was like, okay, let me actually play it. And I was playing it while we were shooting the show, which is like, you know, I'm working like 80-hour weeks. Right. And um, it turned out to be the perfect thing for me to play while we were shooting because it was like just two hours of really intense video games. I can't think about work. You know, like it's totally consuming and I, and sort of like takes me out of, you know, the, the world I was in to a really strong degree. But I also, yeah, I just really, really fell in love with it. And I think a lot of it is because that process of you know, learning, and it's a, it's a it's a gameplay loop of learning, right? Yeah. It's like you find your bonfire. Oh, thank God, I found my bonfire. Right. Okay, I got to step out. Okay, what's through this space? You know, and uh, okay, there's a guy in there. I got to figure out how to deal with this little bit of three enemies, and then now I know how to do that. I can push a little bit further and find the next bonfire. Um, uh, and but- like, what what was the experience like of you? I'm starting to understand that. Yeah. part of the game after years of play or, or after earlier in your life seeing it and being like no not for me <laughs> like how did you learn oh that's what this game is I, I I'm trying to think did I did I uh, there was something oh you know well first of all a weird thing that happened was I played dead cells and oh, and, okay. and I right. heard sure. I heard I just had the sense I was like dead cells seems a little bit like Dark Souls. I knew that there was a that yeah. there were some influences there, and I was enjoying the combat and learning how to use the various moves and stuff like that. And I was like, I, I just had this sense of like, I think I might be ready for Dark Souls. <laughs> like I just had this sense in my heart. Um, and you know, I'd probably like read an essay here and there yeah. about like how it works and everything, you know. And and I had also. Um, uh, you know, really enjoyed uh, playing The Witness the previous year, right. which was uh, all, yes. which is very much a game about like, you know, just just sit with it and like look at it and keep looking and right. keep trying and like and, and having a a high level of challenge and also a constant level of reward where you're constantly presenting with new challenges right. that seem impossible but then open themselves up before you. That you know that game was like sort of everything I like in games and all these other ways. But um and and so I I just sort of had a sense that it would be 
like that and um and yeah that's yeah that's what it was <laughs> yeah in a much more mechanical way or, or not mechanical way because everything is a mechanic sure, right? sure, but sure. in terms of, of dexterity like actual physical dexterity it is is very interesting the way i got through bloodborne bloodborne was my first souls mm-hmm. oh okay i'm working uh, on that right now oh yeah i love it i prefer it to dark souls yeah. and i played a fair amount of dark souls i played 60 hours ish of three oh, so geez, yeah yeah I, that's I, but a, i got yeah, through bloodborne like, yeah I, partially because of the theme it's just so much more fun that like gothic ed hardy See, is, I, pre- I prefer i prefer it. the dark souls world by a lot yeah but, all right yeah, yeah okay. I, what's I, why I what's the um well a there's a lot i'm only halfway through bloodborne um uh but there seems to be a lot more uh, i like the 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 a uh, higher level of like environmental differences. Yeah, like, that's a huge absolutely. part for me. Yeah. Like the yeah. different, you know, going into like the dark root basin, yeah. like where it's like, wait, where? What is this now? You know, um, the first and... half of Bloodborne especially is just like you're in Yarnum and like it looks like this one place. It looks yeah, like, exactly. It's like true. gothic horror. I've seen more variations since then, yeah. but yeah, it's very much like, okay, there's like spindles and spandrels yeah. like <laughs> everywhere and gargoyles. The two spindles and spandrels, <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh my God. The two, I took architecture. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I was trying to move past the spindle spandrel binary. You know, there's a lot yeah. of room between a spindle and a spandrel. Yeah. It's a whole spectrum. Yeah. But, but Bloodborne is certainly... There. Bloodborne certainly feels like the 2.0, like, right. okay, everything. You know, there's a lot of stuff in Dark Souls. They learned, like, too. Yeah, exactly. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're learning from uh, us. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I just remember the first time I went through, like, the Undead Berg, and I was like, oh, this is the loop. Like, right. I just sort of got with the shortcuts and things. And then Bloodborne is very good at, like, the, the shortcuts. There's so many more shortcuts. Yeah. And so that loop yeah. feels tighter and cleaner and, like, Sort of even more rewarding in all these ways, um, but dark. You know, the original Dark Souls is like yeah. sort of this big, crazy lumbering beast where, you know, I'm like more, I'm like more bewitched by it, but it hangs together less. If that makes sense, it's sure. like a less yeah. Yeah, yeah, clear yeah. work. Um, but uh, the story that I pitched telling you on the show, oh, yeah. uh, also was um, uh, one of the is this will, uh, just really stuck with me as uh, this thing, the specific thing that happened in Dark Souls that I am relatively certain. Has not happened to many people that really uh, uh, made me think a lot about video games, made me think a lot about the game, had me thinking for a long time. Uh, it's a little bit of a story. What happened was I was in an Orlando, which is about big, sort of halfway, about halfway through. Yeah. It's I, like the drop off point for a lot of people. The oh, game, is it really? Yeah, the game gets really hard in general there, yeah. and then you fight the boss, you fight Ornstein and Smoke, right. who and, are just like a really hard combo. Heard of them. Yeah. Heard of them. They're rough. Heard those names. They're very they're tough bosses, All but right. it's a very beautiful environment. It's gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. But so I was in the part of the game where, uh, you know, I was like, okay, I've mastered a lot of things. I have a lot of stuff. I've got like, my, my weapon upgraded. Like, I think I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit cocky. Like, you've done the whole meta. You not only have done a lot of little loops. At yeah. that point, you've done one full meta loop of like, all right, not only do I know how to move through an area, not only do yeah. I know how to upgrade a single weapon, yeah. I now understand that I'm building a character who has yeah. certain specialties, yep. who has certain ways of dealing with uh-huh. a variety of different like uh, yes. enemy encounters, and then Arlando shows up and is like, "All right, you're all right. You're ready for this like yeah. test." I'm almost. maximizing yes. my my halberds up to plus ten or whatever. You're ready it was. to go. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, so I'm like doing the boss run, you know, um, and like, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I've met Ornstein and Smo. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, time for me to run back to this boss over and over again. And um, I was, you know, my plan was to summon, I forget which NPC you can summon um, to, to fight them. God, but who is it? Yeah, I also forget. Might, might be the, might be Solaire. Um, Could but, be. But so anyway, uh, 
you know, in Dark Souls, for those of you who don't know, to uh, in order to summon NPCs or other PCs to help you, have to turn human. You know, and the, again, if you if you don't know what that means, video games are weird. Yeah, it's just a thing. It's yeah. like you just turn human. That's there's, all. There's a yeah. bit that you flip. You're either human or not human. If you're human, you can summon NPCs and you have more health. Yeah. But also, you can be invaded right. um, by other player characters who are or NPCs, but all, but most want to kill characters. you on the way. Right. right. And so, but. You know, it, now that kind of sucks, you know, but hey, you're you're used to it, you know, uh, at that point in the game. And so I turn human so I, and I start running towards the boss. I know how to get there. I get invaded. I'm streaming, by the way. I'm on stream. Oh. I, I get invaded. Were you stream sniped? Do you think that you think someone was on Twitch <laughs> being like, I'm going to get that motherfucker. I'll I say, like diamond engagement rings, actually. That's what it was. It was a diamond executive. It was a diamond <laughs> executive. That's what it was. I'll Every say, kiss begins with K, motherfucker. <laughs> that's what it was. All comes in. Oh. I will say, as an aside, in Bloodborne, I have now started having my stream audience join me to be, to oh, fight that's bosses. Awesome. That's the opposite and, thing. That's and great. that's really fun and nice. Yeah. And they're always very good. And then I can just sort of beat the boss whenever I want because I'll just invite one of them right. in whenever I'm done. Do you try it first yourself? I do try Try and there's a couple that I that I have soloed and beaten, and there's other ones where I'm like, I don't, I let's just I keep don't. moving. Yeah, let's just keep moving. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm ready Fuck to orange and smoke. Okay, I'm ready to orange and smoke. I got all my stuff. I'm ready. I'm gonna go take my my shot. I get invaded. I'm like, oh fuck, I'm gonna die, but whatever. I'll lose my couple souls. I'll sh- show up back at the thing at the bonfire. I'll do it again. Yeah. What happens? I get invaded by um, someone named Frank Castle. Um, the, the Frank Castle, the Punisher. That I later realized <laughs> that's the Punishers, but it's yeah, the that Punisher. was their screen name, Frank Castle. <laughs> Oh. What happens then is my he screen... lost his wife. He loves marriage. You targeted <laughs> That's him. what I it the was. That's it. Okay, continue. So I'm running. I get invaded. Oh no. Okay, it'll be fine. Then my screen immediately fills with fire. Oh no. And then the game seems to start glitching. It starts saying this weapon is broken. That weapon is broken. Oh, that armor fuck. is broken. That armor is broken. And then like. And my character's just sort of going like, gah, 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 <laughs> like shaking and shit's weird. I'm like, I, and I, I, Wait, can I, I have this what, what was your character doing? It was just like, gah, 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 gah. Yeah, like it was like, it he was like stun locked in this weird way. <laughs> it wasn't a Jeez, fight. Sorry, I was my female this character. Wasn't, but. You weren't being, f- yeah. this wasn't like they hit you. There was nobody there. Yeah. And and then, <laughs> and then as my character collapses, I sort of see the red phantom run by, right. you know, and like a dance or some bullshit. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck? Oh, this, this person is using, I'm playing on PC. I have no mods installed or anything. Right. I'm like, all right, this person has, uh, has, they have hacked me for God knows what reason, whatever, right? So I wake up and back at the bonfire and I realize not only are every single one of my weapons broken, um, which is what happens when you lose durability, um, but also I am cursed and poisoned. No, I'm not poisoned. I'm just cursed. And curse is a... Curse is really bad. Curse curse. Curse is really bad in Dark Souls. It means you're permanently, your health bar is permanently halved unless you have a special item. I happen to have, I was like, this is fucked up. I don't know how this guy did this, whatever. But I'm like, okay, I have the special item, no big deal. Um, so I uncursed myself, and then I was like, okay, I'll, uh, uh, I have a couple soul, ba- I have souls saved up, I'll go to the blacksmith and repair all my weaponry. I don't know how he broke all my weapons, but whatever. Whatever. So I go to the blacksmith, there's the giant blacksmith in that mm-hmm. area, who I hadn't really interacted with yet, I had just, you know, seen him. Yep. I get there, my, my stream is like, oh man, that, what a what a loser, that sucks. Yeah, whatever, man, just go fix your shit, and then we'll go fight our and smell. I get to the blacksmith, the blacksmith... Is not there. Oh no! The and instead there's a glowing like item on the ground, and I go. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I go pick it up, and it's the giant's hammer right. or the giant blacksmith's <laughs> right. hammer, and so. 
what this guy had done was somehow, I don't know how, killed a major NPC yes. in my game who the blacksmiths, if you don't know, in Dark Souls are the ones who upgrade your weapons. And each of them are able to upgrade specific to weapons. Right, right. And like to a specific yeah. point or like mm. specific types of weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there so if the character if that character's dead, a whole bunch of the weapon ascension possibilities right. are now closed to me. There's whole weapon trees I can't get. There's no way to bring him back to life. I'm talking to like there's Dark Souls experts in my chat going like, oh, what can you do? Oh my right. god, like, yeah. you've, oh, you've brought the council of actually, yeah, theory crafters <laughs> yeah. together and they're ready to like. I was like, can I hack the save file? And they were like, no, <laughs> you can't. And um, uh, like, there's no way to. There's nothing you can do. And and uh, and everyone's just like, everyone was like, in this chat was just like stunned. I was stunned. I was like, what do I, what do I do now? And. Um, uh, it was really, it was like very, it, it was, so the mechanic is called invasion. Right, it, right. It was actually very invasive. Right, because it actually I was, sounds like, like a it violation ruined your game. of, of yeah. well, like, I think that that kind of sets up one of the interesting things about games. It permanently ruined the game. In yeah. general, which yeah. is that, one of my favorite things about games in general is that even when they are competitive, they're cooperative, right? Because what we're doing when we compete is saying, all right, like, let's shake hands. We Setting agree. Setting the rules. These are the rules. We're not mm -hmm. going to go outside. The Knights move yeah. like this. Rooks move like this. I will not rough the passer. Yeah. Like, I, you right. know, if, if you get to shoot the ball from behind this line, you also get three points. I won't contest that. You yeah. get your three points. This person did not adhere to those rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so even though normally they would be a competitor, if they came in, if they came into your into your stream and killed you regularly with the weapon that breaks things, like there was a, a lance or something in Dark Souls One yeah. that removes durability, that would have been like fuck you for doing that. But, but you fucking got that's me. The that's the constraints exactly. yeah. yeah. But the second that they step outside of that. And like this is why I still feel like the magic circle is still kind of a useful construct, even though I don't think it's like. Are, are you familiar with this? I've heard this yes. All right, that like it's still a useful construct, even though it's not actually like impermeable. It's like no, there is a social. There is for us. We do get to say when we're in the games, this is the thing that happens. We do want that experience, yeah. and so to see that fall apart. And it then was, feel like a real invasion in yeah, some ways is great. It was really, it was. I mean, not great. Well, it sounds it's like fascinating. It, it was you, immediately, but. yeah, it sucked, but it was like immediately, like, really powerful. Like, I was like, okay, guys, I guess I'll, like, you know, try to fight Ornstein and Smell one more time, and I guess I'll log off my stream, you know? Um, did, and, you, did you just dig yourself out of the hole in the long uh, run? Like, what did you well, do? Well, so what, what happened was I logged off, and then it was like the feeling like stuck with me like the whole day that like I've been working on this thing very hard. Right. I've put all this time into it. I am like, I want to beat the game. Like I have, the game has a hold over me where it's right. not arbitrary. I'm like, I just genuinely want right. to get to the end. And like, um, you know, my chat was like, yeah, you can beat the game. You just can't get all these weapons that you oh. could get. You know, like <laughs> you can still get to, you know, the plus 15 halberd, but you can't make a fire halberd. Right, or right. I forget which exact upgrades it was. And so I was, it like really like affected me. And the, the thought that I had was that like, I was like, oh, this is like, something that happens to people in real life, right? Like in yeah. real life, n never really happened to me in a huge way, but in real life, like people suffer invasions in their lives. Yeah. People people are, you know, like people are mugged, people's homes are broken into, right. people are assaulted in various in ways. Various ways. And this week, like, is a, in this whole that, year has been a lot of exactly. conversation around this. Yes. In ways that they don't have control over and in ways that violate like the rules of the, the game norms of, of society. the world yeah, that yeah, we yeah, all live right, in. Right. And um, I was like, well, what do those people do? Those people, well, they just have to wake up the next day and right. continue whatever goal that they were set for themselves. And I was like, 
well, I I can this still is, be Dark right. Souls, and this so. is Dark Souls. This is so much smaller than yeah. a personal attack, a sexual assault, any of these well, things that actually yeah. And so, like, yeah, you're gonna you'll, you'll dust yourself off. And yeah, get back and so that's what I did, and I said, okay, this is part of my, you know, also Dark Souls is this game for a lot of people about overcoming adversity right. and like a battle with oneself. You know, if you read on like people's comments about it, they'd be like, Dark Souls taught me how to overcome right. my own limitations because I, you know, and I've had that same experience with not with Dark Souls, but other things. I've had other things, you know, in life, in life where sure. I was where I was able to take a lesson from a game world and apply it to say, oh yes, I can I can do this in the real world too. So it actually has that element. And I uh, uh, and so I was like, okay, this is good. This is going to be part of my Dark Souls story that this happened. I'm going right. to beat the game anyway, despite the it's fact almost, that this happened. Yeah, yeah, that actually like now you've done that, and yeah. your version of that is way doper than mine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which is, I got the fifth level yeah. fifteen fire halberd, and then I killed Ornstein and Smo, and like whatever. Yeah. I'm good. I kept playing the game. Yeah, I, exactly. I was like, oh, this okay, cool. Now I have this story. I was even like that day. I was like. If I fucking wrote for Kotaku or Waypoint oh, yeah. or something, I would write an essay. But instead, I'll try to do something else with that. So this is me trying to use yes. that story. There it is. <laughs> got it. You got it on got Waypoint. It's beautiful. It's a great oh, story. Oh, my God. That's really... um, and, and, but the thing it made me think about was that, like, so one of the things I like about games and that I'm interested in in games is that a game can, like, model uh, an experience that you might have in real life and it can give you the, you know, an analogous feeling mm-hmm. in the game that you can then take elsewhere, you know? So, like, I really liked, you know, uh, one of the things I thought was, like, really cool about Journey, for example, is that Journey, like, you know, f- follows the hero's journey where they, like, lose mm-hmm. their power and you feel it when that happens. It makes you, you're not just, like, watching Luke Skywalker. Right. You're like, you're like, no, my power's gone. Right. What do I do? You have that feeling, right? And there are other games that feel that, that feel the same way. I, you know, I, I'm, there's millions of other examples. Sure. Um, and I was like, oh, that's what happened to me in this game, right? Like, I was able to, it, within the magic circle, within the fake right. little world where nothing matters that much, I was able to get a little taste of what happens to, of how someone who maybe that would happen to in the real world might feel and, like, build a little bit of that empathy right. or learn something more about the world. At least that's what I took out of it. Yeah. Um, but it only happened because because the game was hacked, right? right. Because someone broke the rules of fairness. Somebody, right. Exactly. So, somebody made it unfair. Made it unfair. Yeah. It, it, whereas normally this is like a very fair thing. So, Again, yes. the, even agreeing on rules right. and having all of these sort of constructs around it. I now will it's say like, that like even oh. inside of the rules, they give you a little bit of that taste, right? Like mm-hmm. I, uh, my friend Brad Shoemaker, I think we're good. I think it was just a little water fell. That's I water. spilled the water. It was also, Fine. it was very close to a power outlet, but we're okay. <laughs> but we're okay. Nothing's hit the That, that could have been an unfair, uh, you know, advantage. Let me tell you. It would have been a very unfair day. Exactly. Um, my friend uh, Brad Shoemaker over at Giant Bomb streamed through all of the first Dark Souls game. Yeah. And uh, this maybe even happened in Demon Souls with him, now that I'm thinking about oh, it. Oh, boy. And which is like an even more obtuse oh, yeah. game. I like Demon Souls. I like Demon Souls a lot. But like, yeah. I'm um, interested where somebody, in I forget the name of the weapon. Someone in chat probably knows and is screaming it at us right now. Uh, it's like some sort of lance or some sort of spear or some sort of something. It's like the lance of spear. The lance of spear. Like that. like that breaks your armor and your equipment yeah. when you get hit by it. And like seeing him, seeing him, that was happening to him without him knowing it was happening. It was just one of those things where it's like the message pops up and it says like your chest plate broke, yeah. your sword, your shield broke. And he's like, why are my sh- what? No, I just repaired it. And like even inside of the circle, even inside yeah. of scraping spear, the scraping spear. Thank you out. very much. Thank, <laughs> you. Thank you, chat. Thank you, chat. Uh, the scraping spear. Like even that smaller version of the thing that happened to you still should, or, or like in, in, in Brad's case, definitely communicated some of that feeling of like, yeah. this was I was I was a uh, you know I was just driving to work. 
Yep. Truck came out of nowhere. Like this is not what I was expected. Like yeah. And now I have to deal with what's and the, happening. The curse mechanic does that a little totally. bit too. Where yeah. like I was very lucky in in the game and and like I just happened to the first time I went through the area with those little frog basilisk guys. Yeah. I just oh my God. I was <laughs> able, I was just able to one hit kill all of them right. and I was never cursed because I like got lucky it and I just sucks. Like yeah. And I would I would have been fucked. Um. Uh. But. Yeah, that, so that that's giving you a little bit of that taste too. Well, one of my favorite things too about the the thing that the curse is like a great mechanic for it is that in the court. Have you only played the first Dark Souls at this point? Are you still working. I through? played the first Dark Souls one playthrough, and I'm working on Bloodborne right now. Okay, right now. so when you get to two and three, curse show back up, and they're different. Uh. It's a it's a different mechanic, but yeah. it still says curse. And so one of the things I do like about Dark Souls as a series is that there are these core rules that shift and change in, yeah. in major ways. Or like one of the big ones that goes from Dark Souls to Bloodborne, the one that like I made me not bow, I finished Bloodborne, but like I didn't love it as much is mm. getting rid of Estus flasks and going yeah, to the, the blood, blood vials. vials. And it's like I loved the Estus flask. I loved the safety yeah. of like okay, I, it was like for me it, yeah. it helped each of those sections be a learning lesson. It was like okay, I have six Estus flasks. Can I get through this in six Estus flasks? Whereas in Bloodborne, what always happened for me was that I would, I would get through an area because I had twenty blood vials. Get yeah. to a boss, like be able to get the shortcut to the boss, and then burn through all those blood vials. Yeah, and have none, and then I couldn't get through the area again because I didn't spend the time to learn the area. I just forced uh. my way through it. By having this supply of, of healing items, and yeah. so I didn't find my my rhythm with the game as smoothly. Basically, it's balanced so it's, differently. It's balanced Absolutely. so differently. Or yeah. or I would learn an area really well, and then hit a boss that was like just crushed me, mm-hmm. and then I'd burn through the blood vials, and I have to go back to a previous area because that area wasn't dropping blood vials. Yeah, like, ah, like I, got, I want you, you got to get your farming spots. Yes, you know? exactly. Which is like. I don't love that the game, uh, you know, I don't love that there is a little bit of farming in yeah. it, you know, yeah. uh, but, uh, you It's know. still very good. Yeah. I, oh, I, yeah, I've, it's amazing. Gr- it's grown on me over the years is what I'll say. Like, at the time, I was, I was, I think at the time, I was like, I want to be having the experience everyone else is having. Everyone else loves this. And yeah. I, like, I like it, but yeah. I'm not in love with it. I also, you know, I'm not a horror, one of the reasons I don't, I didn't like Bloodborne quite as much as I'm not a horror guy at all. Uh, yes. But yeah. I'm starting to get a little bit more of a taste from it via playing the game. So cool. I feel like I'm sort of getting the spicy food a little bit. Wow. But nice. but the thing that made that the that the experience made me think about was like are you know so games what are they definitionally one of the things that defines a game is we think that it's fair or that there's rules in a way you know that it has um, that it has rule sets at the, yeah. i feel like at the very base yeah. level it's something you interact with that has some kind of rule set that determines a general path right of for play. what you're going to be it doing it organizes play exactly. in well, some it, way it, it certainly is the case that in contemporary gaming culture, uh, people expect rigorous fairness. Yes, absolutely. You know, like, like OP-ness is a sin in a competitive game. <laughs> yeah. You know, someone, uh, you, you know, the, what the guy, what that guy did to me is like, you know, anathema to most people, right? But it just made me think about like what experiences games could provide that we might be missing because there is that focus on You're so, fairness. Yeah, yeah you know? totally. Like, I, I would love to play more games that are open about their asymmetry and are like, yeah. it, I mean, here's the other thing is that Games are actually asymmetrical. They present themselves as fair. They present themselves as balanced. Mm-hmm. But often, like, the rules do bend this way or that way, right? Yeah. Like, not every game, obviously. But again, like, that thread that went around some earlier. Those magic this, tricks aren't actually very some, fair. Exactly. Some of those magic tricks <laughs> yeah. aren't fair. Yeah. Like, well, they're designed to give the feeling of exactly. fairness more than actual, actual fairness. fairness. This yeah. is the uh, – you should go find that thread. I'm going to link to it in a story I feel today. good. Th- that yeah. really makes me wonder, by the way, because when I was playing Bloodborne, I was like – 
Are they doing the same trick but for leaving a sliver yeah. of health? I'm almost certain that they meant because mm. that happens so much. We just have like you, a little bit left. That they, last they, piece. You're like, yeah. you're like one, two, three, uh, and then they hit, and then the guy hits you, and yeah. you're like, no, he was still alive. I thought I thought I, I got him. Yeah, I thought totally. I got him. Or like, it happens all the time in that game. XCOM definitely like lies in the player's favor though. They never lie against you. So mm-hmm. it might say you have a 90% chance to hit, but you have a 98% chance to hit because yeah. they want to produce the effect of right. making you feel like you overcame sure. the odds. That's right. such an you interesting are the thing. Hero. That's yeah. such an interesting thing in, in game design generally because there's that effect where people's perception of randomness is is different than mm. what the right, what real is. randomness is. It's the, uh, I don't know if other people call it this, I would call it the iTunes shuffle effect where everyone, <laughs> always you say when the iPod mm. came out, like, why doesn't shuffle work? It always plays two songs by the same artist in a row. Right. Whereas if you look at true randomness, of true randomness includes the quarter clusters. Right. That yeah. like if yeah. you if you flip a quarter a thousand times, right. the way that you can judge the way that you can judge if something is really random is if you run into clusters that make you think yeah. that's not random. If you flip a quarter a yeah. hundred times, you should expect to have a run of ten of heads. Of ten heads. And if it doesn't like have that, that. Yeah. there's a lot of people see it and they go, this isn't real. Someone picked this. Yeah. That wouldn't happen. Like, no, that would super happen. So then so then Apple created, I think it was called Smart Shuffle, where mm. it was a shuffle that was weighted to never choose two songs with the same artist in a row, which is mathematically less random, yes. but feels to a human listener genuinely more random. That's really funny. Um, and so that's like exactly, I think I read the same thing in, in respect to like XCOM. It was something about that, uh, what, it was just about, you know, XCOM says 50%, you know, you have a 50% chance of hitting and missing. And it's like people people always feel like that's, un- people feel like it's unfair, right. you know, if it's, if that ma- Or like it's a 75, per- it's like if it's a 75% chance to hit, 25% chance to miss is huge. Mm-hmm. Like yes. for me, I always like to like go into different like experiences and say, assign 25% to this other thing or assign up any percentage to yeah. another part of your life and see how it feels. Like what if your car only worked 75% of the time? Uh, yeah. Or what if there was a 1% chance that when you get in your car it blows up? Yeah. No. That's yeah. 1 in 100. That's, that's 1% yes. is huge. But you see it on the game screen you're like 75%. Oh, I'm definitely going to hit this guy and right. you don't. Exactly. You're like, Whoa! And yeah. that happens twice in a row and you're like, this game fucking sucks. <laughs> this game's yep. fucking lying mad. to me. Yep. Yeah. I did the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Those he, alien scum. You scum. took the right bet. I saw it. Exactly. Mathematically, exactly. you took the right bet. But sometimes the right bet turns out to still f- feel right. lose. Right. Like yeah. The right bet is that you made the right bet a hundred times in a row, and then you've succeeded over over time. Yeah. And it's not like that yeah. one bet is going to be right each Numbers time. Numbers don't actually make sense to the human brain. Totally. That's but, what this, this whole thing is really about, right? <laughs> well, I think you're right, though, that Dark Souls, I hadn't thought about that, that it really does create those moments of perceived unfairness yeah. in order to create those feelings. Anyway, just that early thing where you're like in the asylum and you're going up a staircase and they rolled a boulder down totally. on you, which is so funny. It's so It funny. made me laugh yeah. so, so hard. Good. And it breaks what I have read as like, you know, uh, fundamental game design rules of like, you know, I remember, I remember from an old, you know, remember like LucasArts games were like, we'll never kill you in a way that you don't expect. Like yeah. that sort of, you know, those sort of notions of fairness that were built up in like the 90s, it like explicitly violates them in order to give you... This other feeling, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I want more games to do that stuff. Like, I like to be surprised in that way. There's stuff that happens in uh, in a lot of non-AAA games that do this, of course. Yes. Right? Like, I'm sure you know Danielle. Like, there are a million little independent games, alt-scene games, where... 
you'll have to dig into a, you know a, a file on your computer to complete it and like change the coding, <laughs> or that. or it will do something to it'll do something. To, I mean, even like I think maybe the biggest the biggest example of this was definitely like Undertale a couple yeah. of years mm-hmm. ago, which didn't play yet. I just keep remembering. I you played, played half of it, but you yes. not played Undertale. I played it. She isn't. Oh, she you've not played it. It's a great game, yeah. but the yeah. but the the end of Undertale. Like does that stuff around yes. what the player expectation of where the game ends and begins is, yeah. and it does it in a way that's really powerful and like and clever and like almost obvious. Is I love it when art in general goes like, ah, yeah, uh huh, nice. You, you went you, there, you figured this out. <laughs> of course, like no one's done this thing. This yeah. is clever. You did it, and it does that like a lot. Yeah, uh, towards the end of that game. Um, yeah, that those those twists in that game are like. Mind, but I still haven't even like wrapped my head around all the things that game does. Like, it's a lot. Well, yeah, I, we, I, I need to spend more. I like need to spend more time with it to like see if there's something else I want to say about it one day. But also based on where I left the game, and I don't want to get spoilery. But like, I never want to go back to that world again. Like, it, I, I left it in a place where I'm, get, I'm yeah. happy with it. It really I has you invested wa- in it. Yeah, yeah, and like, I feel like going back to it would almost be a betrayal. Yeah, again, without getting into why I feel that way. Yeah, but like that. I, I did when it, with that game. I, I. I had I knew I just knew about a pacifist ending, and so that my my first playthrough I like, managed to be. play perfectly pacifist, right. and right. so I think I missed out a little bit totally. on the true experience totally. of doing it twice. Um, and then I've read about the genocide ending, which or I've I've just read about like what the game puts you through, and yeah. I think it's so funny it's so, to have a game so that be much. like, oh, you want to see all the content, yeah. asshole? asshole. Yeah, You're totally. gonna do this just so you can <laughs> see content. Well, that had always wow. been my my thing with that game <laughs> yeah. and games in general, which were like it always, but that that sort of I get the impulse. Like I want to see everything mm-hmm. because yeah. I spent sixty dollars on this thing, and because there's jokes in here, and I want to laugh at the jokes. <laughs> Show me the see jokes, <laughs> but. Like Speaking when the you. the message of the game, yeah. Yeah, well, the message of the game was like, "Hey, no, like the world is the world. You you don't get to boil it down to like content for you to consume." Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's like that's I think that's our Dark Souls and Undertale talk. It yeah. is. We should actually take so. a quick, quick ad break. Yes, there's oh, gonna yeah. be an ad here. There might be an ad here. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. There might not be a break. There <laughs> might, might not, not be an ad. We'll Ten, we'll who knows? Try. Ten years from now, we'll maybe try. there will be no ads in any podcast. They'll all be removed. A beautiful world. Anyway, okay. uh, but get, thanks to our sponsors. So let's take a get quick ready break. here about Google Home. Here it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh no! Wait, I might have be perceived as plugging Google Home. No. I am not. I'm not personally plugging Google Uh-oh. Home. Okay. No, just this podcast right. is. <laughs> take a break. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're going to make a hard pivot now. Are you ready? (laughs) Are you ready after that break? You had a break. You could you could breathe, <sighs> think about the world, the world we want to live in, and then the world that we that? do live in. Oh, so I see. that's where we went with this. Oh. Uh, so so Adam, here you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a comedian. You're in the comedian community. Oh boy, I really picked a day to be. You did. picked a day. <laughs> you picked a day. So uh, this is coming off on the Louis C.K. 
allegations, right. and he had just made a statement just before you, like, he started recording. Summarize for people who are maybe very, not following very along. Very broadly, they're you know sort of following along a lot of the things about men in Hollywood who have abused their power, mm-hmm. and sexually had misconduct, abuse, mm-hmm. all, all kinds of allegations. Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Louis C.K. A piece dropped, I believe it was New York Times. Uh, accusing Louis C.K. of masturbating in front of young women. Five, five, five I think, yes. From the, com- from the, the from comedy scene. Up-and-coming comedians in, in general. I it believe. was, yeah, yeah, it was, um, I, actually, I don't remember how many of them were comedians, sure. but the majority but were, were. were active comedians. Which, which yeah. adds into the power struggle of this. If you're yeah. up-and-coming in a world, he's obviously a very successful person who has you know, launched so many careers and mm-hmm. done so many things like this, so that... That is relevant to sort of the conversation. And he just released a statement, uh, again, right before we started here, uh, basically saying, uh, tell me if I'm misconstruing this, but really, really to wrap it up, that a lot of these allegations were true. Right. That he is saying, yes, this did happen. This is true. I abused the power that I was in. I didn't recognize it, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm not going to yeah. say a statement. It's not my job to Right, right. We're, yeah. not, we're not giving him voice, the, the right. platform yeah. here. It's but. one of those things. It's like, it's, I, I guess it's a good statement, but how good can a statement be? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. So right. I'm, I'm not like, all right, hey, he said uh, his thing, you know. Right. So, yeah. right. Like, all right, off the hook. Like, he, well, uh, he doesn't feel that way either. So. Sure. And, you, right. and you tweeted right. the other day also, would, before even the statement, but about the allegations, about the importance of sort of voting with your dollar in certain ways and yeah. who to support and who not to support and trying to kind of find the best right. path through this mess right now, yeah. right? So. Well, it was, uh, you know, so the the thing about this is that the it's been burning for a long time yeah. uh, yes. the, because it's been, uh, you know, the, the idea of Louis C.K. masturbating in front of female comedians has been like a rumor for a very long time right yeah. but the it's the problem is it always had a really weird status because it wasn't like the Bill Cosby rumors where it was like well there have been settlements there have been women who went on the record and accused him like mm-hmm. in the press you know what i mean it was always like well there's this gawker blind item right. that's like that there are no names in, and then when the person went and talked to the people, they said, "No, it didn't happen. We don't want to talk about it." And right. and like I was like, as a comedian, I'm like, I'm, you know, people. It's like you you are hearing rumors about the fact that there are rumors. I was never in a position where someone said this happened to my friend, right. or or that it got like or that this at happened all. To me to you. Yeah. yeah, went to you and said. How do we address this though? Because part of the problem here is that the women who only will come forward, uh, you know, anonymously or who their stories get told to two people on, you know, maybe not on their behalf, but privately, that then wind up in a, a gossip column or a rumor column or or when those uh, when those allegations come through, just filtered down to like, okay, there's no names attached, but here's what's been said. Part of the reason that happens is because the power dynamic puts them, exactly. marks them as targets. And so... Uh, you know, it's a it's a question we keep coming back to this year. It's a question that didn't start this year, but it's a it's a problem that didn't start this year by any means. But there's an increased focus on it this year, thankfully. Like people are talking yeah. about it in yeah. a way that that I'm I'm people happy a, that people appear are to being be taking it seriously, uh, at least light. more seriously than exactly. in previous times. Like how so. do oh, we? Yeah, and this is lot. not just a question. This is a question for Danielle. It's a question right. for you. It's a question for the Everybody audience. Everybody in the world. <laughs> like how yeah. do we make it so that? So what do we do when those like going forward? What do we do when those allegations come out and they are not they are anonymous? They do not have like they don't have the power that, that the press puts on naming names, right? right? And then two, like how do we know how do we make it so that the people who right now feel like they cannot come out and make allegations publicly or 
like how do we make it so that those allegations are handled seriously, taken seriously, regardless of anonymity? Uh, and and how do we make it so that those people who do want to come forward are protected and can feel safe well, when I, they make those allegations? I think what look this this is uh, it's a personal topic to me. Look, this is a problem in every industry, Absolutely. right? But, um, Absolutely, Trust me, I know. Like yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's clearly uh, everywhere it's happening. But um, you know, this is my industry, and you know, I'm you know sort of personally upset that like you know this this was something that was like happening to you know comedians who are people mm-hmm. that. You know, I or people in, in the, my the space peer that you, group, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Um, and you know, the 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 part about it that makes me the most sick is that you know the uh, sort of like protection of Louis that was happening was yeah. very mm-hmm. much like comics protecting their own closing you know, ranks, um, yeah. yeah, that sort of thing. And like, you know, uh, on on the one hand, you know, I that is a I understand why people have that reaction. You know what I mean? It's like a human way to feel about people who are in your group, but it's like. The the people who were being harmed were also comics, Absolutely. and they right. were not being protected, and they were the ones who right. needed to be protected. Who's close? Who are you closing ranks for? Yeah, you exactly. Know what I mean, like yeah. you, you, cl- you could have closed ranks around the the victims of harassment, the victims of this of this misconduct, and instead you closed ranks around the guy yeah. who has power. I mean, and that's two, not you, but yeah. you know what right, I mean, people right, did. Yeah. You know? And the two, you know, the the two women who came for the the sort of central uh, mm-hmm. uh, interviewees in the, uh, the not that anyone's piece. yeah right. uh, in the New York Times piece were. You know, they did a, a, from what I've heard, very great show at the Aspen right. Comedy Festival that year and, like, had great career prospects. And then this happened to them. And then they were, you know, uh, basically had, uh, you know, sort of soft pressure retribution, you know, um, right. in yeah. uh, and it affected their careers. You know, that was that was close to 20 years ago that that happened. And, like, I'm like, that is that is the worst. Like, I don't want to, you know, this is my industry that this is happening mm-hmm. in. You know, so I'm very invested in. Uh, in you know addressing that as much as we can, um, I think that the uh, the the fact that so many people are coming out in all industries and especially the entertainment industry is such a good thing because it reduces the barrier for other people coming out. Both because look, when here's the great thing. When uh, the story came out about Louis, HBO immediately pulled all yeah. of his specials off of HBO. Right um, when the Kevin Spacey thing came out, I mean, I don't between you know Netflix and the Ridley Scott movie that's being shot, I don't know how many millions of dollars are being spent, right. you know, or or are being you know set on fire right. uh, it, because of this. So it, you know, it's like now finally the you know main and this is in a world where. You know, when Woody Allen's yeah. daughter wrote a New York Times op-ed, sucks. Yeah. you know, an yeah. op, like, yeah. she yeah. said, hey, here's what Personal happens. account, yep. I am writing this, yep. it's printed in a newspaper yep. that it will be delivered to the apartments of everybody, yep. you know, um, that, that you know, Woody Allen's still making movies and people are putting money behind him. It, it, you know, so that that is a huge, that is a huge change. And so that'll, I think, A, will affect the behavior of, you know, men in Hollywood and B, you know, makes it clear that, you know, there'll be action taken. The other thing is there's just a, there was like a, um, I think it was a Malcolm Gladwell piece in the New Yorker. It was just about the fact that uh, he was talking about school shootings. It was just about the fact that when you see a behavior modeled a lot, it reduces the sort of like cognitive barrier to take that behavior. So he was talking about mm. how when school shooters are like in the news all the time, it makes it seem more plausible. Seems normalized. Right. Yeah, it normalizes yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just like, oh yeah, maybe I will. You know. Um, and so it, <laughs> I hope not. But yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, I know what you're saying. But this, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, so that, so it's the you know, it's the same thing here where you know I 
just see more people, you know, feeling like, oh, coming, telling these stories is something that you do. Right. Like, that is just, we're in the right. beginning stages of that. Right. And I'm trying to, because the, I, you know, I, I think, think we all try to cultivate that. Right, well, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, yeah. it has to be an act of cultivation because yes. otherwise... The story that comes forward is, oh, men in power, people in power can abuse other people and get away with it. If you're in power, yeah. you can get away with it. This is like the Roy Moore defenses that are going yes. around uh, in the last over the last day of like, oh, well, you know, she was only, she was 14, but Mary was 14. I don't know. Did you see this defense? Yeah. Oh, the boy. Roy Moore uh, sexually harassing a woman outside of a courthouse and one of the defenders, people who were defending that action uh, were saying like, well, you know, when Joseph and Mary got together to have Jesus, or not have Jesus, but when <laughs> Jesus happened, Jesus. Joseph wasn't <laughs> Involved, of course, in the story as it goes. Uh, uh, Mary was fourteen. You know that just. She, and, like, and, are you and, fucking and those times, She was like an old lady at that point. Fourteen. When the life expectancy but also, is like. But also, Twenty. She didn't have sex with him. <laughs> that's the whole story. Is that she didn't have sex she with him? She didn't touch him. That's the whole story. Yeah, I mean, until yeah, after so, they were like, man so and wife. She had sex with God, and he's like infinity years old. Right. He could be whatever age. He's, mm. he's right, so zero. He, so actually, this is actually know. falling apart now. <laughs> mm. uh, but like, but, 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 what I'm saying is that like it's important that yeah. I'm so happy that there are so many voices who are poor speaking out and who are supporting the women who are making these allegations and are standing by them because that helps shift it in that direction instead yeah. of the direction where, frankly, where like it felt like Cosby was was pushing things, where Woody Allen was pushing things, where it was like, oh no, like yeah. this is just it. You keep doing those things, go ahead. Or and we can we can broaden that out, right? Which is like this is why I'm so terrified of what happens when like black folks get killed in the street. Mm-hmm. Is like, oh, nothing happens to the police, and the lesson there is, yeah, hmm, they get away with it. Get away every with time. it. Yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. Like yeah. it's you know, if it happens, it happens. We'll take care of you. Yeah, there's uh, no risk. Yeah, right. Exactly. So so I don't know. I do. I definitely hope that this is a thing that helps push the. I, I also I, I do think uh, again well just to raise your point to get to your point of like what do we do with the rumor level you know um, right. the, I I really think the publication of the story was the important part here because like again with Cosby it was like all the information was out there and Hannibal Burris someone taped him in the back <laughs> right. of a show that was bizarre I actually was, I mean yeah go ahead. Uh, I, I was actually like trying to like do some material on that at like in my own comedy at the time and like I felt like like Burris got out in front of it I was like oh now this is a story because yeah. we were we, we had a little joke in an Adam Ruins Everything thing about how like this is true and nobody talks about it because it was like there were like yeah. there was like on the record like well reported stuff and it just wasn't people weren't publicly aware mm-hmm. of it until for whatever reason Hannibal Burris's thing goes viral right. the difference with Louis like I looked at it a lot I had a lot of conversations with comics about it you know and it was really this thing of like everyone Everyone has heard about the existence of rumors. Again, I was not. If you were at Aspen in 2002, you probably heard the rumor directly, right? right? But I was not. I don't. You know, I don't know any of that. And then all of the published pieces were like by a reporter who was like, "I've heard of this rumor, and I went and I've tried to find information on it, and I have found nothing. And there's no names, and there's no, and you know, it. it there were not actually allegations made, right? It was like a cloud, mm. you know. So as far as like, so what should I? How differently should I feel about Louis C.K.? I was like, well, I believe he's a creep and he's done some shit, but I don't have a reason to, you know, Take like that second step. Well, yeah, exactly. And so what? What the second step that needed to be taken was a was reporting, you know, and that was what was actually done. What was done. And, you know, so I, I don't think that uh, I would not advocate for like you know people's HBO specials to be pulled because of rumors, right? Um, because I uh, like I, I would think that would be like a step that you know a rumor is. It's tough we should, because like the thing is know? that like when you I think that that's an easy thing to I think that that would be 
I want that because it's clean and yeah. like it's simple and like yes, if at the state of rumor before there's an actual article published, I withhold judgment until there's better reporting done. But then the second I start thinking about why reporting doesn't get right. done, the structural causes for uh, the, the difficulties to report on something yeah. like that, especially today in the age of Peter Thiel and the age of like yes. the risk of being sued into the fucking ground, mm-hmm. uh, the the reason that people don't come forward and, and, and don't want to talk about it because of the risks to their careers. Like to some degree, the reason that these women were, were willing to now come forward uh, with these allegations is it was so long ago that their careers were not as in an imminent danger as they once were. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so like no, all of those all reasons make me... And I don't have an answer. This isn't me saying like, and right. therefore trust every rumor. Well, well, but I do want to complicate that notion because I don't think that that we can so easily. There's also the aspect of this where I think culturally, a lot of times women don't get listened to right. with regards to this. There is always that the the aspect of oh oh she's she's doing this to bring down a powerful man. Right. There's always that like very sexist, very misogynist like Archie Bunker in the room kind of <laughs> kind of thing where it's like nah she's just talking or whatever. Yeah. Instead of like actually taking it seriously because. Oftentimes, not always, of course, I know you have to say this, but oftentimes <laughs> women aren't making this shit up. Like they're, they, ba- the, a bad yeah. thing probably happened. So it is worth looking into more. And of course, that's where we come into that gray area of treating a, a victim or a survivor with respect, respecting their wishes, not, you know, kind of doing anything else with that. But trying to find the right way forward yeah. when things are a mess. Maybe the, way, maybe maybe you know? that for me the, the the easiest takeaway or the the one that most appeals to me as someone who's in this space yeah. is like the corniest like if you see something say something, right? Which is like when yeah. you hear that rumor who do you, go to somebody who is, is their job to then investigate that. Put some, Try to put people in contact with people who can support them, who can tell their story, yes. uh, who it, it's not up to you to be a detective, but it, it can be you. You can be the person who can Put them in contact with someone who can do that work, and yeah. like instead of it just being because like the, the other thing that happens is an allegation will come out, but then it will by the time it shuffles out is just a rumor, right? Like someone will allege something privately to somebody, and then like okay, well yeah, I heard some things, and that like that right. uh, that original allegation, which is not made in the broad public, but then just comes out as like someone along the line, someone in the game of telephone shifts it from being this is the thing I heard happened to I heard some stuff happened. And yeah. once it becomes that, right. that gets published instead. And I, that's tough. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, in response to what you said about, yeah, the, you know, the reasons the reporting doesn't get done and, the, uh, uh, you know, the reasons the, the uh, women don't come out, like, I think the thing that we have to do is to continue to work to reduce those systemic barriers, you know, and, and which I think is like, thankfully seems to be happening to, uh, you know, to some extent, like in the present moment. And like people are, you know, there's a huge, there's been a huge shift in awareness at, yeah. at, at any rate. So like um, uh, uh, in terms of like, yeah, exactly what you're saying, like bringing the, bringing the existence of the rumor to people right. who, who can do something about it, you know, um, uh, because that's the, that's the whole that's the whole problem, right? For me, as someone in comedy, look, I don't interact with Louis C.K. I have no, uh, in my business, sure, right? Sure. I don't have a reason to, right? <laughs> but even if if I had been in that position, right, two, we- uh, two weeks ago or a year ago, you know, I would have been like, Man, I have heard so little, though. You know, like, like what, like, I, it's, there's so little that's actionable, right? And so that's the problem. And so the point is, so like, rather than focus on like that specific, you know, thing, the uh, point is to like, you know, make it. Make those not die in the rumor stage, like like create a fertile ground right. for these you know stories to come out more. Um, uh, cause, man, it really is. 
uh, it really is horrific. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just to close up because I know we got to close up yeah. shop real quick. I, we could talk about this all day, not not just this, obviously. Well, we talk about, we talk about all can kinds. I, of can stuff. I just can I just make one really quick plug? Yeah, I, please. I, I, yeah, I really absolutely. Because because uh, 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 a really great comic named Megan Keister uh, for uh, uh, who uh, she did she did this for Vice, I believe. She went to JFL, the huge comedy festival, mm-hmm. for a couple of years ago, and did this incredibly ballsy thing. She wrote she wrote about it, I think twice for Vice, where she went to the the red carpet line and started asking comedians, what do you think about the Bill Cosby allegations? They said, <laughs> oh, terrible, terrible. Asking like Kevin Hart and right. shit. And then she was like, what do you think about the Louis C.K. allegations? And they would go, uh, what, I don't, uh, uh, and then they would walk <laughs> off. And then she was kicked out by like the VP of the festival right. or something who came up and yelled at her and said, Louis is family, you don't do that here. And you like, don't do it when it's family. You don't call people out when it's yeah, family. Yeah, that, and it's always that family that did yeah, it. That's the family. other thing. That's it's always thing. family it's that always does it. And like, I yeah. don't think that that is how you report a story like that, but I do think but it is an incredible piece like, of like work to it. That's a piece of performance yeah, yeah, yeah. art right yeah, there to absolutely. actually yeah. show that. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of yeah. And so go There's check, a place for spectacle in, in these yeah, things. Go check out that piece and go check it. She's really funny. One more time. Megan Keister. K E I K O E K O E S T E R. There we go. Keister. Awesome. Yes. And also yeah. shout outs, as always, whenever we talk about any of these issues, I always want to shout out Rain. Yep. People, you know, have had a problem, have an issue. It's the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. They do a lot of work as well with the fringes of this as well, as cool. sexual misconduct and all that sort of stuff. So if you need if you need a resource, that's Boom. kind of a good go-to. Yeah. And also, as always, I, th- I think it's it's great for people who have some degree of power, who have some degree of, of sway, some kind of platform to speak out about these things because that does show, that sort of does signal uh, that you that you give a shit and that you want to actually really critical, foster yeah. a better world uh, yeah. in your own industry or your own little corner in of the your world. own corner of the world. Yeah. So totally. I know. Sorry to to rush through the outro. I know it's a very exciting conversation. I just have to go to a very important meeting, which is you know all these meetings, all meetings happen. <laughs> I know, I'm sure you understand meetings. What are you doing in, in New York? Is anything? I'm yeah. doing. Uh, the, I'm doing the, yeah. I'm, I'm here for the New York Comedy Festival. Right. I'm doing a big show at the Gramercy Theater Saturday night um, at. Uh, uh, oh, I forget what time, but it's at the Gramercy Theater. We'll look you can up see it minute. there, and uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah. And people can follow you on Twitter. Follow me at Twitter at Adam Conover or on Twitch also Twitch. at Adam Conover. I watch stream, me play some Bloodborne. Watch me play some or Bloodborne. Some Mario Odyssey. Killed by some werewolves. Yeah, awesome. Oh, killed by some blood <laughs> blood beasts and all kinds of things. That sounds that sounds pretty good. That sounds fun. Uh, Austin, where can people find Austin you? Underscore Walker on Twitter. Very easy. Amazing. And if you have questions, we we you know maybe we'll do a question on Twitter or something after this. But send questions to gaming at vice.com with the subject question. Shoutouts, of course, to Bowen letting us uh, use his track "Miss You" off the EP "Pale Machine." Thank you, Rob Schulte. Thank you, Natalie Watson, for producing and also producing. You're both producing beautifully. <laughs> I appreciate it. Waypoint. Uh, we are Facebook. Uh, excuse me. We are Waypoint on Twitter. Yes. And on. Facebook, we are Waypoint Vice. I always get it confused. I don't know why. Uh, (laughs) And of course, on uh, on YouTube, we are Waypoint Vice. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so so much, Adam. Really appreciate it. Anytime you're in town, please let us know. I would love to come over, hang out with us. (laughs) We won't always talk about serious Uh, things. We can talk about all kinds. of If you want to hear us hang out more with Adam, go to our Twitch right now, Twitch.tv/slash Waypoint, or to our YouTube in the next couple of days, and you'll be able to see us uh, play a a trivia game. Knowledge is power. So go check that out. Very on brand. Very on brand. Very much on my brand. Awesome. So thank you so much. Thank you guys. I'm gonna always say be good and be good at it. Peace. 
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.